The final season of Power Book 2, Ghost, begins. And for Tariq St. Patrick, it's the moment of truth. In the wake of being betrayed, pushed out of the drug game, and almost killed, Tariq is out for revenge. Will he prove to be like his father and do whatever is to be done to protect his family and his future? Or is he his own man? Power Book 2, Ghost, the final season. Watch now only on Stars and the Stars app. All right, so there we were, cruising through the new open-air zoo, when I realized that the park was closing in like 15 minutes. Luckily, we were in my Nissan Rogue. With its powerful DC turbo engine, well, we had time to see all the animals. Whoa! <laughs> and outrun a few! Drive the Nissan Rogue. In the pressure cooker of the NBA playoffs, there's no room to fake it. Every pass, shot, and dribble is immediately consequential. The playoffs are the time for the real. Real stakes, real emotions, real sweat, blood, and tears, real legacies. Which teams will rise from the chaos? Which teams will conquer? Which team is going to make this year their year? You already know when and where to find these moments of unscripted, pure entertainment. It's time to take it to the next level. The NBA Finals continue. Boston Celtics versus the Dallas Mavericks. Tune in on ABC. Welcome to Checking In with Michelle Williams, a production of iHeartRadio and The Black Effect. Hey, everybody, it's Michelle Williams. You guys, how many of us are guilty of saying, well, I don't do politics. I'm not into politics. Well, sir, ma'am, king, queen, prince, princess, you must be aware of everything that is going on around you. I'm not saying that you should know every person that sits in the House of Representatives, that you should know their names and addresses, who they're married to, what school they went to, and if they graduated with honors. But I am encouraging all of us to kind of study this stuff. Even if it's just a matter of studying how it affects your city, your region, and your county, I'm encouraging some of us to even go to some of our city council meetings because a lot of this stuff kind of starts in, I know there's a song out called Where the Money Resides, where a lot of this political stuff starts in the city in which you reside. Maybe it's because we feel unqualified or unworthy, or maybe it's out of our league, but we have to go beyond economics that's taught in high school. We have to go beyond social studies that's taught in middle school or high school. It's making me want to dust off the books and say, okay, what was I taught in politics in high school? What was I taught in criminal justice while attending school, college for the short while that I did? I'm not a political commentator. I am not an expert, but I am making a commitment to learn more. You know, I don't think anyone hasn't been affected by the politics of this country in the last four years. In fact, in a recent article from the Mayo Clinic, approximately 68% of American adults and Black adults reporting the election as a source of stress jumped from 46% in 2016 to 71% in 2020. Those are rather fascinating statistics. In other words, as a country and even more so as a community, we are stressed out over it. Not only are we stressed out over it, we are in fact over it. And my next guest has so much insight and important knowledge on all of this that I need to share with you right now on Checking In with Michelle Williams. Well, ladies and gentlemen, it certainly is a privilege and an honor for me to introduce the next guest on the podcast, Checking In with Michelle Williams. My next guest is a New York Times bestseller. My next guest made history in 2006 when he became the youngest member of the South Carolina legislator as state representative at the age of 22. I'm just going to roll off the credits because sometimes you need to know the great work that God has allowed you to do. He is also a practicing attorney, a political contributor for CNN, a writer and a fellow podcaster. And I think one of my other favorite things of him is he is a husband and a father. Please welcome my guest, Bakari Sellers. 
Thank you so much for having me. I, I, I was I was excited about the invitation from checking in with Michelle Williams. Oh, dope. Thank you so much. And I forgot to also add that you have your own podcast as well. And oh, yeah. Uh, thank you so much for joining us today. I'm looking forward to you giving my listeners your take on things, giving us some practical advice on what to do. I also want to know, like, is there anything irritating you about our current generation as it relates to <laughs> things of politics? So we just going to roll and I'm just excited to to get your wisdom and just everything about your life. We'll talk about your book, My Vanishing Country, because well, I so sure want to know <laughs> to, where is it? Well, thank you. How does it feel to be on the other side of the microphone? Now asking the questions is a little different than always being asked the questions. Isn't you that know the case? what? Wow. Thank you so much for asking. It actually feels great. This is something that I've always wanted to do. I was speaking uh, with attorney Crump a few weeks ago. I was on the same panel as him. And I was like, just so you know, I was in college to study criminal justice. So I'm kind of, you know, <laughs> getting my kicks or kind of. Yeah being on the floor, right? Yeah. Asking the questions. But I think I wanted to be a prosecuting attorney. So I get to ask and interrogate. There you go. All <laughs> right. Well, I'm on the hot seat. I'm on the checking in hot seat. So so please fire away. We'll have a good, healthy conversation. You know, about. thank you so much. And the reason why I call this podcast Checking In is because sometimes you, you need to check in with yourself. You definitely need to check in with others and you definitely need to check in with God. And so I want to ask you, Bakari, how have you been doing throughout these past four years? I've been taking it one day at a time. I'm not the right person to ask, where do you see yourself in five years or 10 years? I've never been that person. Yeah, I'm always somebody who takes uh, each day as it comes. And I try to make God posts in my life that are extremely simple. I'm not somebody who has a vision board. You know, when people have vision boards and it's so convoluted, you can't even see nothing on the board. They got so much stuff up there. I'm somebody who has just God posts that says, you know, I want to make my uh, mom and dad proud. I want to I want my kids to look at me like I'm their hero. Um, like my, I looked at my father like um, he was my hero. I want my wife to be proud uh, to, yeah. to, to be my wife. I mean, those are those are the simple goals that I have. And I try to I find that that trying to achieve those things and what would you do five years from now? Increments become difficult. So I take it one day at a time. Now with, with Donald Trump, it's, it's unique because I, I've never had a sense of expectation for him. Um, there are a lot of people who believed that he could do something different or be somebody else. But for me, I've never really. I've Insert always known the sound it. that goes bloop. <laughs> yeah. I've always knew who he was. And you're not, I mean, you, you don't change 70 year old men, period. So That's there was no. There was no belief that all of a sudden when he attained the presidency, that all of a sudden he was going to change his patterns of behavior. I mean, I'm, I think that that's a very simple way to look at life. I was a little disappointed in some of the people around him, though. I was a little disappointed in people who I know, like Lindsey Graham, who transformed into a figure who we don't know who he is. Um, the John Mattises, excuse me, Jim Mattises and John Kelly's of the world, Durant's Priebus's of the world. There are a lot of people who, you know, I, I worked with Kaylee McEnany. Nice. Um, I worked with Kellyanne Conway. Um, I worked with Sarah Huckabee Sanders, all people who in the green room were just, you know, dogging out the candidate Donald Trump. I can't believe that Donald Trump is doing this. I can't believe people would support him and then, you know, ran and worked for him and transformed himself and probably uh, will forever wear what, what they would call now Scarlet T. How am I looking at it? I'm, I mean, I, I just follow the old Negro proverb, which is uh, we tried to tell you. I mean, we, we knew this was going to happen. So it just happened. So, I mean, like, I know, I know people are like, what's your analysis of last week? I'm like, well, it, first of all, call it what it is, which mm. is uh, white supremacist domestic terror. Um, that's first. And second, you can see, you can see that this was going to happen. And so now we have to unravel how it happened on the level that it did. And hopefully before uh, we're forced, forced to heal or turn the page, there will be some level of accountability. Going back to what you were talking about, how you're naming some of the people that you said work with him, who probably said they wouldn't work with him, or like you said, they were dogging him out. What, what do you think was the pivot? What was Power. So this is funny. Like people ask me some of the wildest questions sometimes. And um, you've been in orbits where you have uber wealthy and rich people. 
they do their next business deal and people say, why don't they retire? Or why are they still doing this? Or why don't they, why would they do that? And then you like, I've never, I've never met anybody who's sick and tired of making money. I mean, I just never, they, they, they just, they ain't tired of it. That's right. Um, it's very similar that 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 type of urge is very similar to, to people who are, are craving for power. I mean, you got to find something else in your life. But there are a lot of people who just want to want to touch the mm. hem of the garment of those who are powerful and be in that orbit and have. I mean, you know, when you're president of the United States, you are the most important man in the world, arguably one of the 101 most important men in the world. And so the the individuals who had those opportunities, Sarah and and Kay, Kellyanne and all of these individuals. So many. Uh, it's so many. Kellyanne Kaylee. By the way, have you ever looked at <laughs> you need to take a look at Kellyanne's daughter's TikTok, uh, Claudia Conway. I mean, she is did she selling her daddy's clothes on eBay or <laughs> so, she was like, they're going fast. Like I can't what? laugh though, because I got a 15-year-old daughter. She in there doing virtual school. So if you hear anything about either Bible class or geometry, I don't know what class she's in right now. Just know that's we're not just in here listening to the Bible on repeat. That's her in high school in there. Uh, but they 15, 15, 16 year old, they weird. So, I, but I just, you know, when you sit back, you realize that real people are involved. And, and so we're going to have to, one of the interesting things is how, and I guess this is a, a question for someone like yourself. I'll, I'll oftentimes talk to Tyler Perry and, and Bishop Jakes, who are further Which I along. I saw you at Tyler's. Um, I did. Yes. Yeah, we Tyler's did house. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. I, I consider you guys to be a little bit further along in your Christian journey than I am still, still trying to walk those steps, but how do we treat people? Uh, who were a part of this administration going forward? How do we treat those individuals, maybe who didn't, you know, enable or coddle him, but were just around in his presence, who didn't see the racism mm-hmm. and bigotry and xenophobia as a deterrent? That's going to be an interesting conversation. To that have is going to be on. an interesting conversation. I believe we're supposed to love each other, but I still want correction. I still want yeah. you to pull me to the side and say, now, Michelle. Matter of fact, if you know me, you know my first name is Tanitra. I want you to pull me and say, now, nah, Tanitra. Wait a minute. Michelle ain't, your, Michelle ain't your name? Michelle is my middle name. Man, you done, you done ran this on the world. I didn't I didn't know that. I need to start. I need to research. I need to have my people research better. Listen, Tanitra <laughs> is my first name. So I expect anybody that knows Tanitra, if you have ever seen me wilding out or saying something I ain't got no business saying, I expect you to pull me aside and be like, Sis, you. My brother is close with Travis Green. My sister's close with Travis Green, and mm. they performed. They performed at the inauguration, and I can't remember. Was it Chrisette Michelle? Chrisette Michelle mm-hmm. performed at the inauguration, and for me, it's just difficult to overcome. And I got to work through that. It's just difficult for me to overcome those people who lend their talents to someone who consistently sees us as being less than human. Less and than I just, human, I, yeah. I, I, I find a great, great deal of difficulty. And you know so what, what happens is I think some people feel like I'm supposed to be the light of the world. I believe that my love for people who don't treat you right, I believe my love and light can transform them. But instead of it looking like just light and you're going to transform and thinking it just looks like you're complicit, you're supporting that matter. I do feel like I don't know. I haven't spoken to people about it, about their participation. But from what we heard was they thought that their presence was just going to bring unity and kumbaya, my Lord. Well, I mean, fair enough. I mean, I guess people make mistakes. I just wish that they would have consulted those of us who... You know, I think that as what we're seeing now is individuals utilizing their platforms in way they've, ways they've never utilized it before. And the best part about sitting in a seat like this and being able to do CNN and talk about things with amazing people like yourself, and I think you're seeing it as well, is there's such an intersection of politics, entertainment, culture, and individuals want to be a part of this movement. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, that's a really good feeling to have. And we just have to make sure that we, we're learning enough from others to go out and do the work successfully. Yeah. And I think at this point, too, we got to know where folks stand now. Either you is or you ain't. (laughs) Either you with us or you against us. I mean, there ain't no. Ain't no in between, you know. And, you know, do you want to learn more about our struggle, more about our history? So you're not out here ignorant. I get that. I'm with you. If you want to come on here and learn and. Because some people, that's just not the environment that they grew up in. And I'm talking about white people. But now it's like, there's no excuse now at this point. You see the blatant comparisons of how uh, those were treated that stormed the Capitol versus Black Lives Matter. And we've seen the blatant comparisons. And 
Speaking of that, how are you managing the stress, anxiety, and depression of the state of America right now? Well, I mean, I I do suffer from anxiety. I am uh, somebody who's still learning a great deal about mental health and walking through that journey. I talk to my therapist every two weeks. Come on. You might need to do every week. I didn't went from every two (laughs) weeks. I feel like every Monday at noon. Yeah, listen, I'm there every two weeks. Like I tweeted the other day, I said, I know this ain't this ain't none of my business, but some of y'all need to start 2021 going to therapy. I'm just going to throw that out Let's normalize going to therapy. I agree. I agree. But, you know, the anxiety of the of the day and coping with it, you know, being a father and a, a husband, I think the, the unique struggle and just a black man in America, the unique struggle that we have is how do we raise our children in this country? I mm. think that's that for me is the overarching challenge. I mean, especially my son, Stokely, I have, I have one son, I have two daughters and just, you know, understanding that there, you know, again, there are people in this country who won't give him the benefit of his humanity. Those are the those are the angst that I have. Those are the anxious moments that I have and yeah. attempting to, uh, you know, deconstruct that. And, uh, you know, you got to you got to note it as the therapists say and, and uh, you know, don't follow those things. But then it, it, it powers me to do more in that 24 hour day to attempt to effectuate some sense of change. Yeah. Like I, I am not on TV today. I don't even know my schedule. I'm not on TV today. But every time I go on TV, it's trying to to give people at least a word or two that they will remember. You know, hopefully our conversation here for the time that we're we're here, we yeah. will change a life, at least give somebody pause or give them something else to think about. And so that's just the way that I try to bite this apple, which is or eat this apple, which is one bite at a time. Yeah. And I commend you for what you are doing with your platform, because when you talk about someone of power and experience, you have the schooling, you have the knowledge. And I just thank you for keeping your heart's posture to help, inspire, encourage, to bring knowledge, to bring awareness. But at the same time, parts of you being so transparent and vulnerable as a black man, not too many are transparent, not too many are vulnerable. And I saw you talking with Trevor Noah. Yeah. And about the trauma of being black in America. And when you talk about your children not being given the benefit of the doubt, that is a trauma. Yeah. You know, I I actually talked to one of our good friends, uh, one of our mutual friends, who's a really, really good friend of mine every day, Charlemagne. Um, Charlemagne! First of all, he's the person, by the way, who first revealed to the world that my first name is Tanitra. Really? So every time he sees me and talks to me or every now and then we'll just send an encouraging text. He'd be like, first he'd be like, peace, queen. Or then he'll just be sarcastically, shut up, Tanitra, or something like that. <laughs> 20 years ago on an interview and he was like, ain't your name Tanitra? I was like, <laughs> he's come a long way. That's my South Carolina brethren right there. We all we got. Uh, I've known Charlemagne for a very, very long period of time. We, we in a group chat right now as we speak, we talk. We literally talk every um, single day, but we also talk about these journeys. And what we try to do is destigmatize mental health and, and talking about these issues for a black men. You know, a lot of black men think the only person they can talk to about the issues they're going through is their barber. Uh, and, you know, we, we just have to make sure that we don't look at it as a sign of weakness. And we, we you know, it, it makes us healthier because I firmly believe that, first of all, anybody who's living through this phase where this is a lot like you know, 1918, 1919, where you have a great pandemic meets 1928, 29, where you have a great economic depression Mm -hmm. meets 1968, where the country was becoming untethered on the issues of race. We're having all of that in one year. So you're bound to have some issues. And if you're not, and you just, uh, you know, you're strong dude, but you're bound to have some issues that, that are, and I just, I want people to come out of this quarantine period physically, mentally, emotionally, and spiritually stronger than they went in. And that's a challenge. And that's the challenge that I set forth. That's the challenge I give others. And I say that because if you're not mentally, spiritually, emotionally, and physically healthy, then you can't help us in the movement for change. Absolutely. And now is the time to get in line and get in tune with your spirituality and don't feel like you're unqualified or you're unworthy or well, it's too late now for me to tap in. No, it, exactly. it is It is not too late. There are moments in life that are so special that you have to capture them and save them forever. They are one of those once-in-a-lifetime events, like your baby's first steps, the first time you bring your family pet home, or your daughter's first dance performance. With iPhone 15 Pro, more storage means you don't have to delete anything that can become a lasting memory one day. And it's important to be able to share these moments with family members who weren't there to see them in person. 
Store more, share more. Connect with iPhone 15 Pro on AT&T. Get iPhone 15 Pro on AT&T and get an iPad and Apple Watch for 99 cents per month each. AT&T, connecting changes everything. Limited time offer requires 0% APR, 36-month agreement on each. Well-qualified customers, other terms and restrictions apply. See att.com slash iPhone for details. In the pressure cooker of the NBA playoffs, there's no room to fake it. When the NBA championship is on the line, every pass, every shot, and every dribble is immediately, undeniably consequential. The playoffs are the time for the real. Real stakes, real emotions, real sweat, real blood, and real tears. Trust me, I know what it takes to bring home a championship ring. The regular season is tough, but these games are a completely different level. Now is the time when legacies are made. The best team will bring home the Larry O'Brien Trophy and add their name to basketball history. Will we see a battle between marquee franchises or will we see a new champion crowned? Which teams will rise from the chaos? Which teams will conquer? Which team is going to make this year? Their year. These are the moments of unscripted, pure entertainment that only happen on the hardwood. You've waited all season for this. It's time to take it to the next level. The NBA Finals continue. Boston Celtics versus the Dallas Mavericks. Tune in on ABC. Hey, John, why so glum? I just got let go. The company's downsizing. This is the third time in the last two years. I'm done with this. Have you thought about my computer career? I've heard they can train you for a career in IT in just a few months, including cybersecurity and the basics of AI. And you don't need prior training or experience. Now that's a recession-resistant career. Wow, thanks. I'll check them out. Go to mycomputercareer.edu and take the free career evaluation. mycomputercareer.edu. Financial aid is available for qualified students, including the GI Bill. Forgive me if I'm all over the place. I just want to make great use of your time. Time. We good. Um, okay. yeah, you can go all over. You can go all over the place. Okay. I, I'm literally an open book. It don't. It don't bother me now. I want to talk about your documentary while I breathe. I hope. Yeah, yeah. And I'd love for you to tell the audience a little bit about that, but also addressing the real impact on the mental health aspect of racism and uh, what that impact is having on our country. And even on a global level. Yeah. So while I breathe, I hope Dum Spiro Sparrow, that's the Latin version of it. It's actually our state's motto. There is a lot of pain that's associated with this experience of growing up mm. in the poor rural South. You know, my life has been bookmarked by tragedy. I tell folk because, you know, whether or not it's uh, February 8th of 68 um, in the Orange Rock Massacre where my father was shot and imprisoned. And wow. Ended up going to trial for rioting and found guilty by a jury of 10 whites and two blacks. Um, three young men were killed that night. Henry Smith, Samuel Hammond and Delano Middleton and my father and 27 others were wounded. Or, mm. you know, that's the, you know, I always tell folks that's the most important day of my life. Although it happened nearly 20 years before I was born. Yeah. And then you you have the summer of 2015 where my good friend Clem was pastor of Mother Emanuel AME Church. And, you know, on a Wednesday night where all black folk are, which yes. is Bible study, after he allowed a straggly white boy that he never, you know, worked, seen before come in and set him right beside him and prayed with him and worshiped with him. As they were doing the benediction, Dylan took out a 45 and shot Clem in the neck and proceeded to shoot eight others. And you know, Clem's wife was in the church. One of his daughters was in the church. Mm -hmm. You know, you just think about all of those. You think about those two bookmarks and what, you know, the Confederate flag. When I served in the South Carolina General Assembly, a lot of people don't know that I actually like, how you end up on CNN? You just talk like you're talking to barbershop. You know, I actually got elected four times. Right. So, <laughs> so you know, you, you served in the General Assembly. I ran for lieutenant governor. And all of those things I did under the auspices of the Confederate flag, never thinking in my lifetime that it would come down. But it took the bloodshed of one of my good friends and eight others for it to come down. So you just you think about all of mm. those things. And while I breathe, I hope it, it covered my race for lieutenant governor, which was just a fascinating experience in 2014. It's kind of cool to watch how politics has evolved because in 2014, say, yeah, I got I got 41 and a half, 42 percent of the vote in, in uh, South Carolina. And then you see Stacy and Andrew chip away at that glass ceiling, but not quite reach it. You see Jamie add a few more chips to it this go around. But then you see Raphael and 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 Asaf kind of shatter that ceiling, you know, just to be a part of that whole transition of trying to. And, you know, when I ran in 2014, Twitter was just a thing starting. There wasn't really IG. There was, you know, you ain't had celebrities wearing your, you know, your hats to, right. you know, basketball yeah. games and yeah. stuff. 
as you try to make history. So you just see what happens and how it evolves and how it changes. And you just take stock of where you are and realize that, you know, history always bends towards the arc of justice. Well, as you were naming off Warnock and Ossoff and Stacey Abrams, I'm excited because I officially became a Georgia resident like Oh, where you ago. live at? You live in I'm Atlanta. I'm in Atlanta. Yeah. So. Atlanta, Atlanta is full. I don't even know how they let you in. You know what? It I didn't intend to be here. It was an accident, but I'm telling all my business because a lot of people don't know. I've been here since December of 2018 and I just been laying low, you know, because I didn't intend on being here so long. But I'm originally from Illinois and I was talking with my mom today. I was like, yeah, I'll, I never intend on living back there because first of all, it's too cold. And oh, it's freezing. It's freezing. And so with everything going on here in Atlanta, I already know it's going to be a duty of mine to, you know, um, get in there and learn, first of all, because I'm definitely not an expert. But as you were just saying those names, I'm proud to be here. You know, in well, this shout out, state. Shout out to the A-T-L-A-N-T-A. You know I've what always, I mean? I yep. love Atlanta. I went to Morehouse. Yep, yep. You know, I'm a, I'm a, I love, love, love. It's one of my favorite cities on earth. Y'all need to stay in the house and wear masks, though. Y'all doing way too much down You there. know what? Folks been out in these streets. They've been out and about. Now, I do go and get some crawfish. Now, I do go get my good seasoned crawfish. Have you been to Slutty Vegan yet? I have not. I keep hearing about it. Yeah, you got to go to Slutty Vegan. Shout out to Slutty Vegan. Uh, That line is for real, though. You put on your hoodie and a hat and a mask and go in and stand in the back. Wait, wait, wait. (laughs) I might need to pull down my mask and say... Can you let me in, please? They're going to be like, Tanitra, if you don't take your ass to the back of the line, Tanitra. And I'll be like, no, no, no. I'll treat the first 10 people in this line to lunch. Nah, they're they good people over there. Slutty Vegan keeps the long lines. That, that Atlanta's an amazing city. Yes, it uh, is. And the culture there is, is fascinating. It so is. It welcome is. Welcome to the Dirty South. Welcome to the Dirty South. Thank you, my friend. And I want to just, just speak. How do you speak to your older relatives who seem like they're seeing today what they saw in the 60s? Like you talk about the ni- 1968. Yeah. I mean, that's a good question. Um my dad and I had these conversations. My dad was in SNCC, the Student Nonviolent Coordinating Committee. He went to look for the bodies of Goodman, Schroeder, and Cheney. Mm. You know, he he uh, made cheese sandwiches for the March on Washington. He was national field director and program secretary under Stokely and, and John Lewis and SNCC. And my mom was a part of the desegregating class of Hamilton High School in Memphis, Tennessee. And so Amazing. I remind folk all the time that, like, we're only a generation away, but you know, when, when we have conversations with the folk that I'd speak to, they basically just say, it's your time now. There's someone who says that we've made a lot of progress, but we still have yet a ways to go. Long way to go. And the work that they've done shall not be in vain, right? And we just have to build upon that. We have to remember it, understand it, and build upon that. And we've changed this country. If anybody was to say this country hasn't changed and they're lying to themselves, this country has changed. This country has changed a great deal. But we're still very, very far away from making words like love, truth, yeah. truth, hope, yeah. justice, peace, actual verbs, right? Where they mean something, where they're tangible, where we can see them and feel them. And that, you know, everyone has some sense of equality. Older people tell me, and they just sit back and say, first of all, my dad say, this boy is a fool talking about Trump. He would always tell me that the difference between Trump and Nixon is that Nixon has shame, Trump has none. And, um, you know, I I just learned those lessons and go out here and attempt to uh, take my place in the movement. I sometimes just wonder, is Trump just is he just putting on a show or is this really who this man is in his heart? Like, bro, do you have a therapist? Do you have real friends? Well, he suffers from um, and I'm trust me, I, I hate when people try to diagnose people's mental health issues, but he definitely has some narcissism that is uncontrolled and some sense of psychopathy. Yeah. Some of the things that he does doesn't make sense. And I think he's a very sick man. Even though, you know, you do have to put the disclaimer out there that we cannot diagnose people, but there are trusted people in that field, psychiatrists who can diagnose and prescribe who do talk about his behaviors. If he were a patient of theirs, what they would diagnose him to be. So while we're (laughs) talking about mental health and politics, do you think it has a... Politics has a place at the table when it comes to discussing mental health. Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, first of all, I mean, let's think about what your background is, right? Criminal justice, right? Let's think about that. And when you think about the intersection of politics and policy and mental health, when you think about criminal justice reform, the first thing you think about is when you policing and 
Um, a lot of police, the, they show up to incidents where mental health professionals will be better suited, right? And we have to create policies and procedures whereby we are dispatching more uh, mental health professionals and not as many. Police. That's right. Who so, can who are taught how to de-escalate situations? I, I know I got police in my family. They're like, why the hell am I here? Like, I don't know what to do with this situation. Mm-hmm. And then indiv- individuals, especially in smaller towns where I'm from, I'm from a town called Denmark, where we have three stoplights and a blinking light. Mm. And the county jail would always have individuals who we all knew were mentally ill. Yeah. But you house them in the county jail. And the main reason is because you don't have enough beds for them. In other in state facilities. facilities. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. So when you just think from a pure politics policy perspective, you have individuals who aren't suited to handle mental health issues, handling mental health issues. You don't have the resources dedicated to do that. We also need to make sure that, again, going back to criminal justice reform, that our law enforcement officers undergo some type of mental health, at least questionnaire, let alone screening before we give them a gun and a badge, which we don't. And in a lot of states, including Georgia, by the way, it's more rigorous to get a barber's license than it is to become a licensed law enforcement officer. So, you know, yeah, it it plays a role um, in the process and destigmatizing the the mental health. It also plays a role in that. And I would love, you know, while someone is in the academy or whatever in law enforcement that, you know, a couple classes are held. They should now have mental health professionals teaching the basics of mental health as well. We've talked a little bit about the president and how racism has been exposed in his stay in office. What strife do you predict that we should brace ourselves for these next four years under this new presidency of Biden and Harris? And how do you think we should be mentally and emotionally prepared? Not saying we already know they're not going to incite nothing crazy, but we are still going to have to be healing from this last set of four years. Our next administration inherits that. We have to continue to hold this administration accountable. We have to hold Kamala and Joe accountable, right? We have to push them to be progressive and do the things that we asked of them in office. I want people to understand that 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 is necessary. It's always necessary. Like voting is the front door to democracy. And now we're in the house, so we got to go in and do the work necessary. I also think we got to understand how government works. You know, a lot of people are new to this process. And because we have a filibuster in the United States Senate, most of the things we want take 60 votes. Now, there are some things we can do with 50 plus one, which we now have, but a lot of the things we want is going to take yeah. 60 votes, like $2,000 checks, for example, take 60 votes. Now, I think we have 60 votes for that. Yeah. I think I think that we need to increase the minimum wage to $15. That's going to be interesting. I don't know if we'll have 60 votes, but I think that'd be that'd be interesting. Yeah. You, you asked me a question about what should we brace ourselves for? I want to talk about the policy first and then kind of backtrack. You got it. Mm-hmm. I think that we need to pass, you know, an amendment to the Voting Rights Act to strengthen that. I think we need to do criminal justice reform, particularly the George Floyd Justice and Policing Act. I think we need to, you know, get these cabinet members in in a position where they can do the work necessary, increase the minimum wage, do all of these things that we can do in a in a short period of time. You know, rejoin the Paris Accord uh, on climate change. I mean, there's there's so many things so that we many. can do just right off the bat. And then we have to have a Department of Justice who is actively rooting out white supremacy and domestic terror from around the country. And a lot of it is actually housed, not a lot of it, some of it is actually housed in our police departments, as we've seen by those individuals who travel from around the country. To get there, I could not believe it. Why not? Why are you surprised? I think the audacity or the like, you, you actually did it. Versus talking about it, dreaming about it, fantasizing about it. Y'all actually Let me did ask it. you a question. Let me mm-hmm. ask you a question. Mm-hmm. You, remember, you remember Charlottesville? Yes. Better yet, Charlottesville and last Wednesday, you had racism. You had people carrying Confederate flags. You had people screaming anti-Semitism, Semitic things. You had people screaming nigger. You had all of these things. What stood out to you the most about both of those events? I think what stood out to me the most, well, first of all, I'm a, I feel things first. I think just the blatant demonstration of evil. Yeah, well, that was there. You know, the most amazing thing about both those things was that they didn't wear hoods. They didn't cover their face. I swear, that was the next thing I was literally about to say. I just saw a picture yesterday that was like, this is why your granddaddies wore hoods. Correct. So exactly. You so literally like, just said we just a generation away. Then we have to analyze like why they didn't wear hoods because although Donald Trump didn't create racism, I, th- I think that's lazy. At this point, they or, want you to know who they are. 
They do. And they feel comfortable in their racism and bigotry. Because they've been made to feel like it is okay. You're not going to suffer any consequences. Or right. like um, the young man who's in jail now who can only eat organic food. Man. Oh, you, by the way, the, the uh, U.S. Marshals are giving them organic food. That always happens, though. Which is so, a mess like, because Bakari, I don't <laughs> care what you're putting in your body when what's coming out of your heart and mouth ain't pure. Preach now. All right. No, we're we going to have to put a GoFundMe button under this episode. Listen, and take listen. <laughs> I was talking to my mom about that today. So you can only eat whole foods, but what's coming out your mouth is equivalent to some other lower branched yeah. store. Yeah, so basically he's going to get his organic food, but as soon as he goes to the commissary and gets something processed, then they're going to know that he, they can take him off his organic diet. They're going to know. Happen. They're going That's to know. As soon as he get that ramen, because he going, you know, it's going to be his birthday. He's going to be back there and he's going to get that ramen, that shrimp flavor ramen. <laughs> That's what we did at Morehouse. When we invited a girl to the room, we, we put the beef away. We we broke out oh, the y'all, shrimp. Oh, y'all broke out the shrimp. That was so tough. Yeah. Oh. I've been a romantic my whole life. That was that so thoughtful. <laughs> you should, you know, what? some break out some shrimp ramen for you and your lovely for Mrs. Sellers as we speak. Go ahead and break it on out. She would pack her bags go and leave. <laughs> and you know what? She about would have every right. You know, I, I, I would, I would uh, pray for reconciliation and restoration first. But you know, she'd have every right to scare you. There are moments in life that are so special that you have to capture them and save them forever. They are one of those once-in-a-lifetime events like your baby's first steps, the first time you bring your family pet home, or your daughter's first dance performance. With iPhone 15 Pro, more storage means you don't have to delete anything that can become a lasting memory one day. And it's important to be able to share these moments with family members who weren't there to see them in person. Store more, share more, connect with iPhone 15 Pro on AT&T. Get iPhone 15 Pro on AT&T and get an iPad and an Apple Watch for 99 cents per month each. AT&T, connecting changes everything. Limited time offer requires 0% APR, 36-month agreement on each. Well-qualified customers. Other terms and restrictions apply. See att.com slash iPhone for details. In the pressure cooker of the NBA playoffs, there's no room to fake it. When the NBA championship is on the line, every pass, every shot, and every dribble is immediately, undeniably consequential. The playoffs are the time for the real. Real stakes, real emotions, real sweat, real blood, and real tears. Trust me, I know what it takes to bring home a championship ring. The regular season is tough, but these games are a completely different level. Now is the time when legacies are made. The best team will bring home the Larry O'Brien Trophy and add their name to basketball history. Will we see a battle between marquee franchises or will we see a new champion crowned? Which teams will rise from the chaos? Which teams will conquer? Which team is going to make this year? Their year. These are the moments of unscripted, pure entertainment that only happen on the hardwood. You've waited all season for this. It's time to take it to the next level. The NBA Finals continue. Boston Celtics versus the Dallas Mavericks. Tune in on ABC. Hey, John, why so glum? I just got let go. The company's downsizing. This is the third time in the last two years. I'm done with this. Have you thought about my computer career? I've heard they can train you for a career in IT in just a few months, including cybersecurity and the basics of AI. And you don't need prior training or experience. Now that's a recession-resistant career. Wow, thanks. I'll check them out. Go to mycomputercareer.edu and take the free career evaluation. mycomputercareer.edu. Financial aid is available for qualified students, including the GI Bill. The House is set to impeach Trump for a second time, making him the first president to be impeached twice. Pelosi says that we know the president of the United States incited this insurrection, this armed rebellion against our common country. He must go. He is a clear and present danger to the nation we all love. So what's in your head? I'm a little over it. <laughs> like, So we got to understand the benefits of impeaching him again, because some people don't, because he may not even be he may not be ejected. I don't even know when the Senate's going to get it. If I was Nancy Pelosi, I would impeach him to, today, tomorrow. And she might hold it 100 days, which I think is a mistake. But don't tell Nancy I said anything she did is a mistake. Ooh, ooh. Um, the, reason, the reason you would impeach the president is because the, the law does state, although not interpreted, that you can't prevent him from running for office, federal office again. Everybody knows he wants to run for president again in You said you can or can't? You can. Well, with the second uh, impeachment, he won't be able to, right? Or was well, it that's what I'm saying. Were... You can you can prevent him from with the second one. Gotcha. It's possible you can prevent him from getting his two hundred thousand dollar a year pension. You can prevent him from having his lifetime Secret Service 
and you can prevent him from having a million dollar a year travel budget. So, I mean, there are things that come along with this, but I'm not about to sit here and watch all these people argue and act like I didn't see what I saw. Okay, come on. I'm not drinking till after Memorial Day because I'm just getting my body right for this workout I'm doing on Memorial Day. So I can't definitely can't watch it sober. So (laughs) I'm gonna have y'all gonna have to tell me about it. So I, I am not necessarily I will talk about it on TV. I know what's going on. I know how Republicans now want us to have healing and unity and turn the page. One of the more amazing things or actual sins about this country is that oppressed people and poor people and black folk in particular are always compelled to forgive before there's any level of accountability or atonement. I figure that there needs to be some acknowledgement and some true repentance, which means to turn away from it, denounce it. Yeah. Acknowledge it. And that's when true healing can take place. Because, Bakari, if I offend you, I can say I'm sorry. Correct. You know, but true healing comes with, man, I acknowledge what I've done to you. How can I not do this again? I want to turn from this. It's a process. It's more than just a, I'm sorry. And we hang up the phone. Every time something happens to us, they're like, when are you going to forgive? Nah. Like, let's heal. I'm like, we are. Yeah. The wound doesn't heal without treating it. That's good. Now, now we can do a GoFundMe for that because that's practical. That is practical. That is like, uh, you're right. You got to put Neosporin on it. You got to put a, you got to put a bandaid on it or you got to, some wounds need to be left. Oh, now this is going to preach. Some wounds need to be left open for even for infection to seep out of it. And I think what we're seeing now is infection in our nation. So this wound is going to have to be left open or it's going to be left open for a while before healing takes place. And the scar is always going to be there to remind us of. My mama used to say, you got to let the air hit it sometimes. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> but I don't know. I just I just think that this country has never dealt with the problem at hand. And now we're faced with it. And I just sat back last Wednesday. It was like, oh, these white folk acting up. Look at that. Oh, you see. And my daughter was watching it. She was so scared. I was like, look at them white people out there doing white people. Do. Look at this. I know one thing, though. You know this, Michelle. They didn't go four blocks in another direction in D.C. because they would have been in a whole nother part of town. You know what? I saw a video where they had parked on a particular street, like you said, four blocks away, and they got out with their Trump flag. And these dudes... <laughs> Put it up. <laughs> did, did you see the same video I saw? They was like, yeah, they get were like, that <laughs> out of here. You ain't gonna yeah, come over here. He, you, put it, he put it right back in the car, he too. Show put, he show put that thing. And all I know is if they parallel parked, I just saw them wheels turning and <laughs> they got out of there you will get you will get more than mumbo sauce in certain Listen, parts of Washington DC. you know and on a lighter note we talked everything from racism to mental health to any advice that you have moving forward but I just love seeing you as a dad with your twins and you kind of addressed it earlier where you said your hope is that you will be a good father they'll see you as a good father or you will be a good husband and um, I believe you are I'm definitely not in in your business, but what is one thing that you think you are teaching them or what do you want them to know? Uh, that they can be unapologetically black and do anything in this world they so choose. Yes, I want sir. them to be extremely proud of who they are and where they come from. And I always want them to know that if they're the first, they shouldn't ever be the last. I want them to become a part of something larger than themselves. And I just want them to think that they are here to improve the plight of others. Yeah. Wow. Well, Bakari, this has been one of the smoothest episodes. (laughs) It's the host, man. You need to to take this from the Black Effect to uh, late night TV. Listen, man. Well, I receive all of that. You got to manifest. Come on, somebody. And I know you said you don't believe in vision boards, but I do believe in seeing the end from the beginning. And I do see a talk show in my future. And I see you coming back. I'll be back. That's not, I mean, all you got to do is ask. When they told me who it was and and I I got to know you through your talent and then got to know you through your perseverance. So I'm I'm always here and I'm a fan and a friend from afar. Man, you ain't said nothing but a word. If we wrapping up, who, who are all these people on the screen? 
screen. You got a whole team. I know, right? We've got some (laughs) folks here from Black Effect. We've got Samantha Wilson and Nicole Spence from the Black Effect side. Then we've got Angela Shin and Tamika representing Releve Entertainment. Releve, Releve. That's dope. All I'm going to say is I'm so glad you took the time out to come on my podcast and share some advice, knowledge, and some wisdom. And I want you to come back and just take over. I know. I know. No, no, you do a great job. No, thank you for having me. Uh, keep me in your prayers and God bless you on this new endeavor. It's really dope and a great experience. So shout out to the Black Effect. Shout out to Releve. Shout out to you for everything that you have done, you are doing, and most importantly, what you will do. And I send blessings and strength back to you and everything that you are doing. And as far as anxiety is concerned, you know, I just put a little dropper full of CBD oil. Oh, I take my one. I take my three thousand milligrams twice a day, once in the morning, once at night. See, he follows the directions, guys, and that's the directions that's on the bottle. Anywho, <laughs> man, love to you, bro, and I'll see you Thank again. You. Okay, folks, I'm going to be honest with you and tell you that I feel so at ease, and I hope you guys feel comforted. Bakari has shared his story and his background. He also shared his parents' background and how his father had been imprisoned during some riots and the fact that Bakari's parents have lived it. And as he said, we are literally just a generation away from everything that has happened. But for him to even admit that he still has some anxiety, but he was still poised and grounded. And I know he put my spirit at ease. And I know a lot of people pull on him and they ask him so many questions, but I hope that you guys flood his timeline with love and good energy and peace and strength because he's got to talk about this stuff. You know, he has to share his opinions and perspectives on stations like CNN, where he is a political analyst. And I just want him to know that I appreciate appreciate him for coming in and taking his time to share with us on the podcast. I just feel like what's gone on in our nation, as I will reiterate, just kind of exposed a wound or something that has not healed yet that is severely infected. And I almost feel like, you know, do you cut the part off of the body that's been wounded? Not to get too graphic, but sometimes when there is something on the body that's too infected, the infection travels throughout the body. And we're seeing infection travel throughout our country. Um, And sometimes the root of the infection has to be cut or somehow removed, somehow flushed. And yes, it is painful to see our country go through what it's going through. Because if my grandparents were alive, they'd be shaking their heads like, we just saw this. We are not too far removed from 1968. And for young people that are listening to this, not coming from a judgmental standpoint, but from a a standpoint of encouragement, we can't play in these streets no more. Yes, we can have life and fun. Let's have some balance, but let's not choose to be ignorant because sometimes when we choose to turn a blind eye and, and have a deaf ear to everything that's going on, we can't do that. Now, I do know we have to pay attention to what goes into our heart, right? Our eye gates and our ear gates, they're gateways into our heart. So I'm not telling you to sit and watch and take in all of this stuff 24 hours a day, but I've even been encouraged And I feel like I've been convicted a little bit to pay attention a little more. And my guest, Bakari Sellers, just fueled my fire to pay attention a little more, speak out a little more. I feel like sometimes a lot of us don't speak out because maybe we feel like we're not articulate. But you don't have to be articulate to say, I'm angry. I'm hurting. We talked about being transparent and being vulnerable. And it is okay to say, check in with yourself to say, man, I'm hurting. I'm vulnerable. It's okay to check in with others and say, I'm angry. I'm scared. There are some of you all that listening to this podcast where you might even be living in certain states where you're scared to walk out of your home as a black man as a black woman, because you don't know if your neighbor is going to say something crazy or if you're just minding your business going to the grocery store, are you going to have a racially motivated encounter? And it's okay to check in with God and say, God, I don't understand. Or God, where are you? We've been taught not to question God, but I believe when you have a relationship with somebody, you could ask them questions. I'm not doubting his sovereignty. I'm not doubting the place that he sits in my life, not doubting that at all. But I have said, God, where are you in all of this? And I think sometimes the best work is done in the dark. 
Right now, we are our nation is covered in darkness, but I believe some of God's best work is being done in the darkness and we will see some light. There was some suffering going on in the biblical day. So who are we to feel like we are immune to any suffering? There is nothing that you can say to him that he'll be surprised. He might be waiting for you to check in with him to have conversation, um, some conversation that eases your anxiety conversation that brings peace. Because I know the events around us in this country has caused a fair amount of worry and anxiety. But I have a song that says, heard a word, and it says, I heard a word saying, girl, you'll be fine. But I can also include the lyric and say, I heard a word saying, kings and queens, you'll be fine. I heard a word that would ease my troubled mind. He'll take all the hurt away, warm you up inside like a summer day. So glad that you'll never break your promises. I heard a word that you'll be fine. Thank y'all for tuning in. Bye-bye. Checking in with Michelle Williams is a production of iHeartRadio and The Black Effect. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX is clipped. Now streaming only on Hulu. In the pressure cooker of the NBA playoffs, there's no room to fake it. Every pass, shot, and dribble is immediately consequential. The playoffs are the time for the real. Real stakes, real emotions, real sweat, blood, and tears, real legacies. Which teams will rise from the chaos? Which teams will conquer? Which team is going to make this year their year? You already know when and where to find these moments of unscripted, pure entertainment. It's time to take it to the next level. The NBA Finals continue. Boston Celtics versus the Dallas Mavericks. Tune in on ABC. There are moments in life that are so special that you have to capture them and save them forever. They are one of those once-in-a-lifetime events, like your baby's first steps, the first time you bring your family pet home, or your daughter's first dance performance. With iPhone 15 Pro, more storage means you don't have to delete anything that can become a lasting memory one day. And it's important to be able to share these moments with family members who weren't there to see them in person. Store more, share more. Connect with iPhone 15 Pro on AT&T. Get iPhone 15 Pro on AT&T and get an iPad and Apple Watch for 99 cents per month each. AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Limited time offer. Requires 0% APR. 36-month agreement on each. Well-qualified customers. Other terms and restrictions apply. See att.com slash iPhone for details.